the J57. We don't take no L's, we just storm up. We've been around, y'all little fucks is just pups. Why would we ever give it up when we rhyming over beats that's tough? You get your ego crushed. You be selling wolf tickets on the net, boy. When it's live in the flesh, you hot step, boy. I be writing over your name when I see it. Big bubble letters on some old school beats. Beats shit, superior flow. Not just talking on the beat, kid. I don't care how many bands you got, you still a snitch. My cutoff game swift, I snip counterfeits. Take it from experience, sometimes I fell asleep. Now I'm on some other shit, moves are effortless. As long as I'm alive, I'm winning. The thoughts are spinning. I'm up early, getting to this chicken, the plot thickens I hear a lot of snakes hissing They gon' come up missing, they try to stop my mission It's like they standing in the strong wind pissing You know them snakes is high, we be talking about them I'm like the six foe, I appreciate Your thug fluctuate, mine's at a steady pace Time's up I wreck you and your young flock Pimp slap, pump that, give me that profit I'm like the six foe, I appreciate your thug fluctuate, mine's at a steady pace. Put it in the in chat, that's the mister. When it's put on your neck, shut your lips off. What you just heard is Shabam Sadiq and J57's latest leak off their collaborative project that was Steady Pace. Welcome back to another episode of We Going In Presents. Today it's episode 47 with none other than Shabam Sadiq. In this interview, we talk about his upcoming project with J57, moving down south just outside of Atlanta and opening up his own barbershop, Blade Kings. We also talk about the 90s New York college radio scene, working with Raucous Records, and his writing process. After the interview, make sure you hit up the links for all things Shabam, as well as my books. Also, you can find everything on wegoingin.com. Shabam, you know, the last time we spoke, you were just moving down to Atlanta, and now you're there, you're settled, you got the Blade, Blade Kings Barbershop going, so how are you loving Atlanta right now? I mean, really, I live on the outskirts. You know what I mean? I'm in the Kanye's. I live in, I live in Covington, actually, and my barbershop is in Kanye's. So that's like 30 minutes out of Atlanta, which was the, that was the whole purpose. It wasn't to move out of the frying pan and into the fire again. You know what I mean? I wanted to be in the suburbs. How do you like it? You know, I love it. Shit. I love it. The shop is, I'm about to have a one-year anniversary in January. So I kind of, you know, I, I usually do like a tour once a year. You know what I mean? And um, this year I ain't really do no tours because I wanted to see it jump off. But um, I got a new album that I'm releasing soon. I was going to release it this year, but I kind of I kind of don't like dropping albums at the end of the year because then when the new year comes, you know what I'm saying, it's not part of that new year. It's like, oh, you ain't dropped it last year. You know what I'm saying? Even though it was like three months ago. That's how people gonna frame that. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, it kind of happened with the Master Ace Marco Polo album from from you know came out November twenty eighteen. Kind of got it missed all the twenty twenty eighteen list, even though it should have been at the top. But then it also like tw- it's it's not a twenty nineteen album. So I, I I see what you're saying there. Yeah, it's like mm, it missed all the eighteen list because it was like the oh. Yeah, I mean, but then um, 
getting set off the 19th joint. So I, I'd rather just, you know, release all the singles now. Because really, I'm on my third single. There's no buzzing. But anyway, like, yo, just drop one more with the video. I'm like, four, four singles is kind of a lot, but, I mean, who makes the rules to this shit? Right. You know what I mean? You can do whatever you want when you're independent. That's the whole fucking point. I mean, you could do nothing you and know. just just put it out, and then all of a sudden it shows up in people's libraries. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? So I'm just like I'm trying to I'm trying to sort it out and see exactly what I exactly what I want to do because I mean you know you could just you don't have to chop no singles nowadays. You can just chop the whole shit yards out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start doing video. That's the fun thing about being independent. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. So, so backing up a little bit, you know, you said you wanted to move out of the city, get into the suburbs. What do you love about the suburbs? What's been really good about being there? Well, you know, it's a city. It's it's not really a suburb, but it's 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 definitely rural area. It's like houses, and you know, saying. Grass, cul-de-sac. I live in a cul-de-sac in a house. I mean, it's more room. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely, definitely more room. Better for the kids. Kids get picked up by a bus and all that. Go to school. It's fly. It's better than being stuck in a three-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn somewhere hot as fuck in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? Circling the block like eight times so you can find a parking space. So it's a difference. Do you ever want to go back or just to visit? Oh, nah, yeah. I, you know, at first, when I first moved down here, it was coming up like every two, three weeks. You know what I mean? But then after a while, I wore off. So I am staying home. But I definitely do need that dose in New York every couple months. Every two to three months, I need to go up there and get my little dose in my vein. Usually, you know, after three or four days, I'm ready to come home. No. Well, especially... Anytime I'm going to be be up there for extensive time is if I'm um, making some money or doing some shows. You know what I mean? Doing some art or something. I don't want to just be up there hanging around. You know? Well, now you got you got the Blade King's Barbershop going, too. So how much of your day, you know, how much time does that take up each day for you? Shit, I'll be in there. I'll be in there. Morning to night, I'll be in there all the time. Definitely. At least from, like, 8 in the morning to, like, you know, 6, 7 at night. Sometimes, you know, on slow days, I leave. I leave by, like, six, five thirty, six o'clock. You know, but for the most part, yeah, I'm there all the time. Shit. And is that something you just always I, wanted to do? Like, how did that whole idea come about? Well, I learned how to cut hair in jail, in prison. You know what I mean? I started the barber program, but I never got to finish. Because when you get into a fight or something, you know what I mean? They put you in um, for a keep lock. You know what I'm saying? They put you in a, 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 a you know, kind of like a punishment for doing a fight. And then, um, 
to be in there for like two to three months or whatever. And when you get out, you got to start a whole new program. You know what I mean? You can't do the same program. So people take your spot. So I started out in the barber program, and uh, I got into some squabble or whatever. And I got a tier two ticket. So I was in there for like a month or something. And um, when I got out, they put me in another program so I couldn't finish it. So when I got home, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I took the barber course. And I finished it and got my license. So the whole, the whole, you know, the whole journey was to end up having a shop, you know. And, I, you know, that's that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I wanted to come down here anyway. I knew the rent would be cheaper. It will be easier to get down here as opposed to New York. Storefront New York starting at, like, you know, four to 5000 if you get me in the good area, you know what I mean? Down here is way cheaper. Get more square footage. You know, and it kind of fell in my lap real easy. You know? That's... That was always part of the plan. Because, you know, barbering gives me, it gives me enough uh, flexibility to be able to, you know, break out for a couple of days and, go on tour for a couple of weeks and come back. It's my shit. You know what I'm saying? And even if I'm, you know what I'm saying, even if I'm working, if I'm cutting hair in someone else's shop, you know, as long as I pay my boyfriend, my chair is secure. You get what I'm saying? So before I actually got the shop, I was working at another shop. So, you know, right before I opened my shop, I went on a tour with, um, Raskas and Ed O.G. and my boy Focus. You know what I mean? So I stopped working there and then, you know, I opened the joint and I was like, oh, I'm going to finish putting it together when I get back. So we got back like around Christmas, like around this time last year and I started opening the shop. You know what I mean? But that was always in the plan. I was trying to do that from jump going up first started cutting. So what do you think you're able to apply from what you've learned being an independent hip-hop artist into a business owner and, and running Blade Kings? I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of along the same line. It's just marketing. It's promo. You know what I mean? It's quality work. Consistency. You know, all those things go hand-in-hand. Hand. It did. Do you feel like people ever bug out when they're like, that's Shabam Sadiq over there? Nah, yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, it go hand in hand. Like, I got people that's like fans of my shit that, you know, they come in time, they stop, they want to come through and check me out and shop. You know what I mean? So that works. And then I got regular people who don't know shit about my music that just come and get their hair cut. So it works for me either way. You know, that's pretty awesome. It's hard to get a lot of people that visit Atlanta. Like I'm 30 minutes, 35 minutes east. So a lot of people like, you know, they don't all come all the way out here. But, you know, if they got rides, they come. You know, so eventually I'm going to open another one that's in, in Atlanta. You know, in a, in, a, in a posh area so I can 
know, so I could boost some prices up and then people who come in from out of town ain't able to go there. You know what I mean? They don't have to come all the way out here this way. That's great. Uh, and you know, like for A three C, like if I if my barbershop is more in the vicinity of where people could Uber to during A three C, I probably would have been jam packed all week that week. You know, but as you progress, you know, you build up, you do other shit. That's great. No, it looks. It always looks, you know, like you got a lot of stuff going on. Just following the the Blade Kings Instagram, it looks like it looks like you guys stay pretty busy. You know, how do you, how do you like the management side of things in terms of like hiring and you know managing people? Well, right now I only got two employees in there other than me, and I really don't, you know, I try not to be a boss. You know what I'm saying? I don't talk down to people or nothing. You know, but I do got my, I do got, you know, my points where I, <clears throat> I could, I could lose my temper or whatever. But I really just, these are my friends. You know what I'm saying? So, and and basically, like hairdressers and barbers are like independent contractors. There's, there's no real boss. They just rent the chair in their spot. So it's really nothing to beef about. I don't really have to be, you know what I'm saying, a boss boss. I just make sure the lights is on and make sure it's clean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make sure the heat is on. That's it. Pay that rent, you know? And you know, the, the, the barbers and the hairdressers, they got their own keys. They come and go as they please. They do their customers. They pay their rent, and that's that. You know, nice. It sounds like you got a good thing going there, and and you also got the new project on the way with J fifty seven. You're you're single right now, steady pace. You know how how has response been so far to the project and and the anticipation um, forward at this point? Yeah, man. Anybody on it? Been waiting for me to drop it. You know, I dropped other leaks. I dropped like three leaks off of this new album. <clears throat> and I was contemplating, like I said, if I was going to drop a fourth, you know, just to stretch it out during the holidays. I dropped the single first and then dropped the video and then, you know, dropped the album in the new year. You know, because two, two of the joints that I dropped already are like, they're like posse because they're like guest appearances. They got two other artists on it. So I don't, I count them as singles, but not really. Whatever I do, a video for is the single single. So, you know what I mean? Steady Pace, to me, was the single single, and, you know, I'm dolo on it. You know? <clears throat> the joint with, um, with Tri-State and Boy Unique, you know, that was like, you know, a leak, a certified leak. Same thing like the one with, um, with Christ and um, Jay Hood. Those are like certified leak singles, even though I might do a video for, for the one with Jay Hood and um, Christ, because that's a, that's kind of like a big song. You know what I mean? And, and oh. I, I was so excited to hear both of those guys on it because I always loved Jay Hood when he was with D-Block, and when he got kicked out, it was almost like he really, you didn't really hear a whole lot from him after that, and I, I always liked Jay Hood. And Christ the same way, like just always stayed up on his career and his moves, and you know going back to the smooth days. So 
I yeah, that, 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 that's that's what I pride myself on. I try to I try to put together artists on records that you know not really connected and don't even know each other sometimes. You know what I mean? Because that right there is already an odd combination. You're like, oh, Jay Hood, you know, he was like heavy on the mixtape scene, you know, and then everybody know Christ so much and we um smooth and triggering. You know the singles he put out, right? He like the East Coast Nate Dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he's got, he got such bars. a great voice. Man, his voice is crazy. He got bars though too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. not only singing. He got he got heavy bars. So, you know, plus I like to do songs with people I like, man. You know, there's just so much you can do over the computer. You know. Some 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 disappearances I do, you know, without actually being around these people for a long time. But some joints you, you want to do with your friends or people that you know. You know? Like I got a joint on there on this album with um with Planet Asian Casual. So, you know, my my whole point of that was to get some West Coast MCs on it. I know pretty much Planet Asia. Like, he came to my house and, and made his vocals when he came for A3C meeting. Matter of fact, the last three joints I had Planet Asia on, he did them all, like, in the same day. <laughs> He's a maniac. Wow. I'm not surprised, though, with the amount of music he puts out. That's crazy. Yeah, he did, like, he came here, like, did, did two songs, fell asleep, woke up, did another song, and then left. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> These are machines. That's so crazy. You know what I'm yeah. And casual, that's that's like one of the people that like I've done songs with them before, like but just over the internet. I haven't actually met him in person. But the first song I got him on though was a song called Connect Four. It's me, him. Sean Price and um, UG from Cellar Dwellers. Wow, that's a throwback right there. Yeah. And I put him on the song. I put that song together, but Sean was like, yo, let me get that. Let me use that for um, Master P. So I was like, go ahead, take it. You know? I still put it on my project, but he put it on Master P too. You know what I mean? That was the first song that I had casual on. So this one is going to be the second joint. That's you awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like anytime, anytime like the Hyro guys link up with, with dudes from the East Coast, it's always a good mix. Like it, it's hard to find a bad Hyro collab, I feel. Yeah. And that's the same thing Casual was saying. He was like, yo, I like the duties, like, you know, different style beats with different MCs, especially from the East Coast, because, you know what I mean? He don't want to just stick to one type of thing, you know what I'm saying? I remember the one he did with Young Z that that was that was just insane. I think it was like Bricks to the Bay off a of, off of Casual's album. But it was, again, it was like that same kind of thing, just like the vibe was so cool on that. Yeah, yeah. Two different, you know, accents, styles, you know what I'm saying, and point of views. 
Yeah. Right. And you've done right. a lot of collaborating over the years and you're able to do it well. So my question is, how do you, how do you collaborate? And especially when you look at the types of artists, the different, you know, artists you've collaborated with, how do you pull it off? Um, I don't know. This should just be happening. It happens natural. Some people I reach out to, some people wind up, you know, coming to my lab and, and recording at my house. So, you know, it just comes together. You did it. So, it'd be organic kind of. Like, some people I reach out to, like, yo, listen, I, I want to get you on something. Or, you know, they might they might made a comment on some music that I put out. They're like, oh, this is hot. I'd be like, yo, look, I want to get you on something. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it don't. You know? So, it's like that. Like, casual, I, I, I actually reached out to him after me and um, playing the Asian really had our verses, so I sent the tone with the verses on it. You know, sometimes when the verses is on it, it make it make people do do this shit faster. Like, oh, this is hot. I'm gonna get on this. You know, right? Just the thing. But Planet Asia came in. You know, we picked out beats, and he just flame on, flame on, dropped some verses, and, and broke out. You know, <laughs> I recently had a um. You know, a new dude that I just got up on named John Jiggs. He came to my lab. He did the same thing, man. He write ultra fast, and he's good. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn. You know, he came to my house and did three joints real quick. So, you know, I get to catch up, play with him, put hooks on him. You know what I mean? Fuck with it over and over until I've got the right mix. You know what I'm saying? When people hear it, they be like, oh, shit. Because, you know, Jay Hood dropped a, he dropped that first to a different beat. You know what I mean? And, um, because the first beat I sent him, Jay 57 sold him. Mm. You know what I mean? So he took the verse and remixed it around Jay Hood's verse. And then I wrote my verse, and then I sent it to Christ, and Christ did the hook. And, you know, he took a piece of my rhyme and made the hook, and you know, it just came together real dope, you know? Sometimes that be happening. I send people a joint, they'll do the verse, you know what I'm saying? You know, something might happen with the beat, or I might just give somebody a remix to the whole beat with how I had the verses and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Just having fun with it. And one of the yeah. one of the collabs you're most known for is Five Star Generals. You know, how do you feel hearing that song today? I feel, I feel like it's a classic joint. You know what I mean? I'm definitely glad, glad I got to do a joint with Eminem before the stardom. You know what I mean? And a lot of people recognize it. But, um, you know, if I had to do it now, definitely I would have, I might have spent more time on the song as a whole. You know, but, you know, you can't even say that neither. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. It's a time capsule. Right. You know, it's a time capsule. You know, can't, can't do, ain't nobody really know who he was. You know, at that time he had just did um, Rap Olympics. 
so it was skin and um and uh AL skills that really put me up on him like y'all he told you should have him on the song I, I, you know what I'm saying and at the time my lawyer and Paul Rosenberg was getting cool so he came over and dropped the verse and the rest is history you know and that, that, you know, Spinner really, Spinner really spearheaded that song. You know what I mean? He coordinated it. We did it at his his house. You know what I'm saying? All that. Hence the the the, the picture. And put that picture briefly too. You know what I mean? He put that picture up recently. We was all in the lab. You know. That was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Them was, man, them killed everybody on that song to me. <laughs> that was crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, we all did good, but he, he, he came for business on that shit. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you hear songs like, oh, I wish I could have went back and did something else. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, sometimes you just got to leave it. Fuck it. You know, I'm going to win on every song. You know what I'm saying? Did you feel like you were right. part of a classic at that time? Um, yeah. I kind of knew that everything we was working on at Rockets was going to be, you know, remembered. Because it was a vibe that, that vibe was like around the artists in the office. You know what I mean? It felt like it. Especially with the way, you know, the artwork was being done and, you know, the finals was being cut and, you know, who was collaborating and different stuff. It felt like it was going to be classic work later on down the line. You know, that's how I feel about a lot of the stuff now. Like, you know, we get, we being creative. We not, I'm not, you know, the artist I've messed with, I'm not trying to, follow no cookie cutter of what's going on right now. I'm I'm trying to do me. You know what I'm saying? Word up. You know, I see I see, you know, when when certain formulas work for certain artists, right? Especially on the underground, you'll have a whole wave of dudes trying to sound like that. You know what I'm saying? So Without saying too much, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I'm trying to do the opposite. I'm not trying to have artwork like nobody. I'm not trying to have no no, no beats like nobody. I'm not trying to do the ad-libs. I'm trying to do me. <laughs> you know? And that's how I felt like Rokas was doing it back then. You know? Different from what was on the mainstream. So how much from Rokas... Do you, do you think mm-hmm. do you think you know because Rockus is like they were pioneers in one regard then in another regard a lot of artists you know came out and you know didn't always have some favorable things to say about Rockus so what do you take you know from your experience in dealing with Rockus that you know you think um, helps you still to this day you know at first when you know she was selling with Rockus with me you know I was kind of better. But in reality, you know, they put me in position to do what I do now, which is move around independently. You know what I mean? 
And, you know, to other people, it might not be big. But to me, it's beautiful because, you know what I'm saying, I still get to tour the world. You know what I mean? I still got a, a good following that when I put something out independently, I make good money off it. You know what I'm saying? And I was part of history. But, I mean, I, I basically learned how to do my thing independently. Talk rockers. You know, I think what messed Rokas up was the minute they tried to start operating like a major label, it was their downfall. Mm. I mean, too much money started being spent. It started, you know, the office started changing. It started getting real boozy. You know, if they would have just kept it real. You know, things would have still kept moving, you know. You start giving out million-dollar budgets and all that, you know what I mean? You you becoming like, you know, the slave master. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? is supposed to be the rebellion, man. You dig what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You become what you're fighting against. Exactly, exactly. You know, but I'm not mad at Rokas, you know. At first I was. I felt like, you know what I'm saying, that, that, you know, that going downhill was the cause of me going to prison and all that, but it wasn't really the, the cause. I was still running around in the streets while I was doing music. So it, it wasn't really the cause, you know. But Rokas definitely could have did better. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so now... You know, at the time, me, me and Pharaoh had the same management. You know what I'm saying? When, when, you know, certain songs started taking off, you know, other people getting put on the back burner. I mean, I was blessed to be on a Simon Says remix. But, you know, after that, you know, I really wanted to get off of there. You know, I wanted to get off the world because I felt like they was taking too long to put my shit out. You know, but I might have should have just chilled and waited. You know, but I was young and bullheaded, so I wanted to do what I was doing. So I pushed, you know, for the release. I was like, yo, let me go if you're not putting my shit out right now. You know, I had different clauses in my paperwork, so I was able to slip out, but you know, I wasn't able to slip out with those masters. <laughs> right. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. I, it would have been dope if I would have got, got, you know, got to, you know, get a release, but with my masters, I would have been like, yes. And I would have been chess moves, but it is what it is, man. I have fun. I'm on big projects. I'm on Sound Bomber 1, Sound Bomber 2, Lewis Sounds 1. Trial March album. I'm good. I'm saying that was good money. You know? No doubt. I mean, and it's it's also amazing to look back and say, like, man, that's 23 years at least, you know. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. 23, 25 years. You know what I mean? I did the polyrhythmatics with, with Nervous almost. I think it's almost like 23 years old. Wow. You know what I mean? 
So what is it? It it ain't it ain't stopped either because I kept continuously releasing joints. You know, the only gap was between you know two thousand and one and two thousand and five, where I didn't release any music. You know. So when you look back, what does that kind of longevity mean to you? It means a lot. I feel like I feel like you know certain underground artists are like the new wave jazz artists. You know what I mean? It's really about the it's about the art. You know, it's about the way the the, the covers look, the way you know the vinyl that's pressed up, limited editions. And, you know what I'm saying? Touring Europe, it's just, just like just like the jazz artists. You know what I mean? No doubt. Right now, when I work on when I work on stuff, I don't be thinking about what's popping right now per se. I just want to do say what I want to say and sound how I want to sound. You know what I'm saying? And I think people gravitate toward the uniqueness of some of the shit we be doing. You know what I mean? And when you when you look at that perspective that you have today, you know. Is that part of what makes your collab with Jay a lot easier? Well, well with Jay Hood? No, with J Five Seven, with you know, doing the whole project together. Oh, what? Well, you know, J Five Seven, J Five Seven, ironically, was around for the journey. Uh, he worked at Fat Beats. Yeah, I remember. Uh, even before um, Brown Bag All Stars, he was Jay Logic. Right, right. So you know, I've been coming through. Uh, fat beats like for years that's like my home base man like you even see like old uh videotapes of us in their rhyming like and Kanye West had came through some of those times before we didn't even know who he was so now they playing the, they playing the clips back and we're like oh shit we was rhyming with Kanye West but we at that time we didn't know who the fuck he was he wasn't nobody you know what I'm saying I mean that's classic shit. They use a piece of that shit in that that evolution of hip hop. You see a clip where they got Quali and me and a couple people in the cipher and fat beats. See me in the in the background. You know what I mean? That clip right there, Kanye West was there. You know what I'm saying? With a book bag on and all that shit. Cause the clips put cause some of the clips up. So, I mean, at that time, we was just doing what we doing, man. You know what I'm saying? Some people get crazy, crazy big. And some people stay at a certain level. And some people just give up totally. You know what I mean? I've seen some people that I thought was super, super duper nice just give up. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't going in the direction that they wanted to go. You remember Jay Trez? They used to rock with um, Company Flow? Right. I thought he was super duper nice. But, you know, I seen him one time in Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? And he he good. He like, yo, I drive the bus. You know what I'm saying? It's my profession. I drive for the city. And that's what he do. You know what I'm saying? For him to continue in pursuing the music, it wasn't like numero uno for him. And sometimes for I feel me, like guys get out too quick. Like, it's like if you just stay with it a little bit longer... You know something's gonna pop off. Well, you see, for me, for me, this is a lifestyle. 
You know what I'm saying? This is a lifestyle choice. This is what I do. You get what I'm saying? So regardless, I'm always going to be working on some, some kind of music. Even if I have, you know, 95, barbershop, whatever the fuck I'm doing, I'm still going to be doing this. This is, hip-hop is my lifestyle. That's what I do. I do graffiti. You know what I'm saying? I go to events. That's it. I live this shit. So for me, you know what I'm saying, doing some other shit like driving a bus or driving a train is not really an option. I don't think I'll be happy. Okay? And that's one of the other reasons why I chose barbering as my other profession because it's more, it's flexible. I could come and go as I please. You know what I'm saying? And it's an extension of my art. It's the same thing. It's like painting, you blending colors, you making lines, same shit. You know what I'm saying? To go hand in hand. In the barbershop, I could have some, I could have some hip hop playing mad loud. You know what I'm saying? Just works for me. <laughs> That's great. And what is it about Jay's production too that you think works well with your style? You know why I chose to do an album, whole album with J57? Because he doesn't just make a beat and give it to you. A lot of times, you know, he'll send a beat. It'll be what I think the beat is going to be. I send vocals back. He'll have some kind of effects and shit. You know what I'm saying? The beat, the beat will be stopped and the beat might change in the middle of the rhyme, like, He's a producer. You do know what I'm saying? He might slow a certain part down, chop the screw it. You know what I mean? Who knows? You never know what you're going to get back. When he do the rough mix, you be like, oh, shit. You might hear some yelling in the background. Like, <laughs> he be doing other shit. You know what I'm saying? That I felt like that's what I needed at this point. You know what I'm saying? Creating a sound with somebody. You know, because before now, all the joints that I've been doing was like different producers, and I put them together on one album. So this is really going to be like, you know, other than like rocking with a group, like when I did probably with a Matic with Spinner did all the beats, or you know that project that I had with Ed OG, um, Focus did all the beats. This is going to be my first project when I'm doing a rhyme and then one producer doing all the beats. You know? And I would I would imagine too with that, like making a cohesive project is much easier that way too. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And then, then you know, J five seven raps too, so he know how shit is supposed to sound as far as like the rapper. You get what I'm saying? Like when when he change up when he change up the beat or you know it's like my lyrics still, they might be hugging the beat even more after he changed the beat. You know what I'm saying? Like he's in tune with rhythms and you know what I'm saying. So I might rhyme it one way, and when he changed the beat, it sounds just like a, like the rhymes is hugging the beat a little more like the way he changed it. He a producer, you know what I'm saying? 
was it a pretty easy collaborate collaborative process too as far as like the back and forth and making sure you both got the sounds the songs sounding you know the way you want them to um that's been pretty much easy like you know what I'm saying the crazy thing is like you know Jay five seven go through times where he he don't really want to be on the phone you know what I'm saying so we may we might talk and then we won't talk for like another two, three weeks, you know, so we just be going back and forth for emails. Yo, I like this part now, nah, I like this. <laughs> we back. Then we'll talk. Yo, yo, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's been easy, pretty much. Because basically, you know, I just send the lyrics. A lot of times, he'll send me some shit back, and I'll be like, oh, I like this part. I don't like that. Oh, take this out. Oh, put this back in. You know what I'm saying? It's, it worked out fine. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't can't wait to hear the full the full project, you know, all in all in one listen, you know. Definitely looking forward to that. You know, um also looking at, at what you've done, you know, you've been, you know, a pillar on the New York City radio scene, you know, in the in the mid nineties. What was that radio scene like, you know, looking at Stretch and Bobito and other shows um that you were a part of and just going up to the different, you know, stations and, and shows and DJs? What was that like? Um, it was pretty dope, you know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know, I didn't know we was making history when we was going up there to stretch and bobby though. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. I was just having fun. You know what I'm saying? For me, stretch and bobby was bigger than flex, funk master flex. Anybody like funk master flex, man? Uh, stretch and bobby was bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? I used to stay up late nights just to hear Stretch of Bobbito. So for them to play my shit, I was I was open. How did they you first? How did they first play? Do you remember? Um, I had a, my first single was um, it could happen to anyone, and they was playing. It was playing Latin, and the A side Red Alert was playing. Um, it was called. Uh, it was called. Uh, it was anything that had anything could happen and fucking uh, uh so real was the A side. And um Red Alert was playing so real on a five o'clock free ride on high ninety seven and of course that's and Barbito was playing the B side, the dirty joint. You know what I mean? And um you know, first they started playing demos of mine. They played a demo of a joint called Do or Die. I think that was the first one of my demos that they played, uh, that Nick Mills did for me. You know what I mean? But we never put that joint out as a record. I seen it online. People put it online. You put Sinister Voices, but that was the name of my, my company. So I shouted that out in the beginning. I didn't say my name. So some people didn't know who song it was. They thought the artist was Sinister Voices. The song is called Do or Die. And then, you know, from there, they started playing different songs. First time I went on Stretch and Barbito, I was up there um, with Black Thought from the Roots, and we was freestyling back and forth. So, you know, I gained a little respect from that. People was like, oh, that was fresh. You know what I mean? So I always had an open invitation to Stretch and Barbito. You know? 
That's amazing. They always, yeah, they always let me come up. Even when they had like Monday nights on Hot Twenty Seven, they let me come up. How how do you feel like that that um just affected how people became aware of you and you know how how impactful was going up to the to Stretch and Barbito on your career? I mean, super impactful. Like I said, they was playing dummies. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they was playing a lot of my dummies. I was like, oh, shit. Like I would send them a death tape. You know what I'm saying? Well, I would wait outside the station and pass them a death tape. You know, at one point, um, Bob had a store on the Lower East Side. I forgot the name of it. And uh, I used to go there and bring dad tapes. Yo, yo, play my shit, yo. And you played it, you know. Shit, I was watching Wu-Tang documentary, and that's how Wu-Tang got on. He's like, yo, Stress and Barbito was the first to bust that shit off. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was Martin Moore Mayhem. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember them? I remember the name, yeah. I wasn't in New York City at the time. I was out on the West Coast growing up, but um, I've heard a lot of artists like talk about them, especially you know guys like from Natural Elements and and artists that were really yeah, well, heavy. And Natural Elements was those. Yeah, we was in the same circuit. We was going up to them shows around the same time. You know, but Martin Moore and Mayhem, I think they show was called. Uh, Man, I forgot the name of their show, but you know, basically they was it was kind of like the reason that you know CNN jumped off. You know, between them, and Str- they were stretching my Beatles uh, competition, basically. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, that 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 skit on the Wu Tang shit, where he was like, "Oh, yo, which one is yo Wu Tang? Oh, yeah, play that shit again." I, I, that's, I'm pretty sure that's more more mayhem. Oh you know wow. What I'm but Stretch and Bob was the first to play they shit though. You know what I'm saying? You know, but a lot of those shows, like Eclipse, Eclipse has been on the air for, for years. Because when Stretch and Bob, you know, started to, they stopped doing the radio show. I mean, it was Eclipse. You know what I mean? The Eclipse and the Halftime Show been holding it down for like a good 15, 20 years too. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they really carried the torch when you think about it too, right? Like with Martin Moore and Mayhem not doing it and stretching Barbito moving on. You know, how did yeah. things change when, when those shows stopped? I mean, other shows came up though. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to, I did all those shows. Underground Railroad, you know what I'm saying? All kind of shows started popping up. You know, some people were consistent, but some people fell off. Like, you know, Cut Supreme, you know, Stony Brook, he's been doing the trim mix for like 30 years, damn it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been to his show every time I drop the album, you know? And Stony Brook covers a, a, a large part of Long Island. Now. It's Staten Island, I think. Tony Brook College. So, you know, some people have been around for years, man. You know? Growing up. Do you think you'll still make those radio runs today, too? 
reality. I still I still do those do those radio runs. I still send those people on the you know, Bushwick Radio, uh East New York radio with with PF Cutting, uh, you know, halftime show, you know, uh No Ideas Original Show in Poughkeepsie. You know, I still rock with all these shows like you know, I try not to physically go up a lot like I used to because I, I don't want to wear out my welcome. You know what I mean? But I'm welcome to go to these shows anytime I want. They be like, yo, come, come. But now that I live in Atlanta, I'm like, I live in Georgia, it's kind of like, you know, when I when I go, like I really want to go and just do one run. I might do one for this album. I mean, but everybody basically still supporting you know, Beat Miners Radio, you know what I'm saying? Um, Tony Touch, you know, um, Sway in the Morning. You know, I did a, I did a hard body run um, for Keepers of the Lost Novel, Keepers of the Lost Art. I did a, a, a real vigorous run. Like, I did all the shows. Tony, I did Static Selector, I did... You know what I'm saying? Half time. I did a swing in the morning. Dropped a whole bunch of freestyles. And I kind of like been laying low since then. Cause, you know, you don't want to oversaturate yourself too much. So I'll probably be up and do a run again. I mean, but that's really who be holding us down, though. All these podcasts, all these independent shows. I did, I did um, premiere last year for the first time with the um, Thomas of the Collection album. The first time I physically went up there, but he always played joints, you know what I'm saying? So, at this point, I mean, it helps. I like to go when I got, like, a lot of rhymes to kick, like, I got a lot of rhymes memorized. I'll be wanting to kick the same shit on radio shows, on the kick all new shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So while I'm in album mode of creating the actual album, you know, I'm I'm chilling until the album is out a little bit. Then when it start dwindling down again I do another radio I do a radio run, kick a whole bunch of freestyles, you know what I'm saying? Get get it back buzzing again. Nice. So so what is that yeah. writing process for you like today? Um, I really be using like everything I write. I don't write as fast and as frequently as I used to. You know what I mean? I be more. I write stuff and then go back and fix it. Go back and change lines. I be doing shit over and over, and that's. I think that's because I got my own studio. I be nitpicking the fuck out of songs now. You know, but. For me, like when I do radio runs of, and, uh, you know, freestyle off the top, freestyles and off the top of the dome is two different things. People be like, oh, that ain't really no freestyle. Freestyle is just really a rhyme that's not on the song that's free for you to kick it on, whatever. You know, off the top of the dome is like, you know, what it is, spontaneous rhyme. You know, I don't like to do completely of either one. I like to go up there and kick something I got memorized that's not necessarily on the song. 
and do some off the top of the tongue. You know what I'm saying? Because you go up there and freestyle, you know what I'm saying? You just saying the first thing that comes to your mind. I mean, that's cool. But you really, really want to impress people, you know what I'm saying? You keep your hard body written rhymes that you got memorized that, you know, they're not necessarily for songs, but they for radio freestyles. You know what I'm saying? Without having to read that shit off your phone. You know what I mean? That's how I like to do it. And how does how does that writing process change between, you know, radio freestyles or album cuts? Well, you know, when you do the radio freestyle, you got some, you might have something that you want to address right then. You know, like overall topic. You know, it's like a, an introduction piece for those that don't know you, and then just a reintroduction piece for the people that do know. Like, ooh, like oh, he got nicer. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he sounds different. You get what I'm saying? Right. The writing process is different than, oh, I'm coming up with this for the album concept. You know? It's just a freestyle. It's just random thoughts. You know what I'm saying? I think for an album, you know, you're trying to make something cohesive. You know, what album you don't want every you don't want every rhyme to sound like a battle rhyme. At least I don't. You know? Right. And one collab I always wanted to ask you about too is, you know, you work with Pumpkinhead, you know, also later known as PH. What was it like working with PH? Because we've gotten a lot of great PH stories um over the years and especially lately, you know, I interviewed Swave Seva and Nems who both had, you know, some great interactions with, with them. And he's one of my favorite artists and favorite people in the industry in game. So what was it like working with PH? Um, and what did, what did he, what did that mean to you? I mean, PH was like my brother. We used to have pet. It was times where we used to fight like cats and dogs. Like, oh man, fuck out of here. Ah. You know, we did numerous songs together. You know what I'm saying? You know, we both were trying to try to throw shows at the same time, like doing different events, like really curating events. I mean, PH is like my brother, man. We go back to like Washington Square Park days, like you know what I'm saying? Rhyming in the park to like three o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? When I started doing my events, you know, the first I did an event called It's Alive, you know what I mean? And it started with me doing, like, a release party at South Ball. That South Ball was, like, a couple of blocks from where he lived. So, you know, he used to come out and support events. I used to come out and support his events. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's like my brother, man. You know what I'm saying? Definitely miss him. You know? One of the... The whole Brooklyn Academy. I don't know if you remember Brooklyn Academy. Yeah, Mr. Mecca. And... Yeah. Yes. They had the they had the crib. The making records crew had the crib in um in uh in in in, in Brooklyn somewhere in um that was at Clinton Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been yeah, I think it was Clinton Hills. Or not they had the brownstone. You know what I'm saying? Bad C, you know, T Gray, you know what I'm saying? Block the Cloud, uh, 
You know, that's all family, man. I'm a family, for real. Same thing with natural elements. That's family, like, you know. We used to all go on the, doing the same shows, doing the same radio shows, all that shit. For real. So blessing, I got I got a um a project uh like eighty five percent done with PG concept and you know I got a a first a PH on there. You know what I'm saying? And actually on the verse he's shitting on Rockets. Oh man <laughs> <It's classic. laughs> Shit is classic, yo. That's crazy. Yeah, nah yeah, PH my man. I ain't gonna front though. It was times when we used to fight, man. We used to argue about shit. You know what I'm saying? But the last time I seen him was at his birthday party. He had a birthday party. I think it was at LES. And we was chilling. I was dumb tired. I was in the back. I was in the back in the booth. I fell asleep in the back. <laughs> or uh, I was there till the club closed. That's crazy. You know what I'm Definitely, man. You're sure, man. I, I definitely appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I told you this was a perfect time. You know what I mean? Because I'll be in the studio working on Mondays. I take Mondays off in the pop shop. That's great. So I can work on music all day. The only annoying thing right now is that my kids are off from school, so you hear them in the background screaming and fighting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah, man, that, that happens, right? Yeah, they arguing right now. I hear them screaming, and, you know, right now. So as I jump off the phone with you, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna have to go out there and regulate. <laughs> no doubt, man. Yeah. yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for the interview. Yeah, thank you, you know man. I got a few, I got a few things coming out. I got the, um, you know, I got a project coming with, um. With um, DJ Concept, like I said, I got a project coming with Nick Wiz uh, uh, where he produced the whole EP. Um, I got an EP I'm working on with John Gates. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I got this joint with G57. Those are my next few projects. You know? 